0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for this Sunday, April 6th, 2014. Amazing. Amazed by his authority. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Lori Brown. I'm the pastor of Spiritual Formation here at Connection and a sinner who's been saved by God's grace. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, wow, we thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for each person you've drawn here by your love. Lord, right now, help us prepare for the message that you have for each one of us. Open our eyes, our ears, our hearts for all that you have for us. Help us be changed and transformed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Connection Church, we are going to jump right in right now. So if you have your Bibles or smartphones, pull them out. We're going to look today at in the book of Luke chapter 5 beginning at verse 17 where we read One day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to what? To heal the sick. Absolutely. So I love the way this passage passage begins. One day. One day. One day can be any day. One day can be today. We're told that one day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. Isn't it interesting how just a couple weeks ago, we talked about when Jesus was a boy in the temple. He was the one sitting, listening to the teachers of the law, and asking them questions. Now the tables have turned. This is the first time we read in the book of Luke Luke, where Jesus is the one teaching, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they are the ones listening and asking him questions. So who are the Pharisees? Well, the Pharisees are a Jewish sect who strictly observed and practiced God's law that was given by Moses. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they have come to check Jesus out. They want to check him out. They want to know if all the rumors they've been hearing about him are true. We're told that some had come from even as far as Jerusalem, which was approximately 60 miles away from where they were in Galilee. Now remember, they didn't have cars back then. So, exactly. <laughs> Can you believe this? A day's walk was considered 15 miles. Isn't that pretty awesome? So it would take them at minimum four days if they were walking to get there. They have come to scrutinize Jesus and his teaching. We next read, and I love this, some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. Now here we have some men carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. We know from Mark's version of this story in the Gospel of Mark, there were four men. So there were probably two at his head and two at his feet. We're not told exactly who they were. We just assume they're regular, ordinary people like you and I. Now, they were trying to get the paralyzed man in to see Jesus because they knew Jesus had the power to heal the sick. Their initial plan was to make their way through the crowd, but the crowd would not move. They were unsuccessful in their initial plan. The crowd was a very big barrier. The crowd was not going to part wide enough to let them through. They were on the outside looking in, and I imagine if they were somebody important, like the Pharisees or the teachers of the law, don't you think that crowd might have split for them? Now, I also want to pause here, and I want to draw attention to the men's commitment. These men had a real commitment to get the paralyzed man to Jesus. They weren't going to let the crowd be a barrier between them, the paralyzed man who needed healing, and Jesus, who has the power to heal the sick. They weren't going to let that happen. Instead, they thought outside the box, right? They got outrageously creative, And they brainstormed other ideas how they were going to get the paralyzed man in front of Jesus. They saw beyond conventional wisdom, and instead of breaking through the crowd, they came up with the idea, okay, let's lower him through the roof. How about that, guys? Can you imagine the commitment that they had to get that man to Jesus? Now, the roof was a barrier, a different kind of barrier, but it's still a barrier separating the man from Jesus and they're probably thinking to themselves because they got to work out these details okay if we're going to do this you're going to have to sneak in there and squeeze through the crowd and you're going to have to find out exactly where Jesus is sitting and then you're going to have to get a really good estimate of where we need to break through the roof I mean it might be a little embarrassing if they actually lowered him behind Jesus right That wouldn't be good. So they're going to do what? They're going to measure twice and cut once. Really good advice for anybody who's going to engineer something like this. Now, they probably needed some other supplies too. I mean, it's not like they were going to cut a hole in the roof and just drop him down. That's funny. I mean, come on, right? Ouch, that would hurt if they did that. You know, they liked their friends, so they weren't going to do that. No, they probably had to find some type of rope, and then they were going to engineer how they were going to lower him down through the roof right in front of Jesus. The point is, they went to a lot of trouble. These guys went to a lot of trouble to get their friend in front of Jesus. It's interesting to note now, the crowd... Remember the crowd that was the barrier, the original barrier? Now the crowd actually has to make way for the man. Pretty cool. In essence, they found a way to break through the barriers that separated the paralytic from Jesus. So here's a question for you Do you know, do you know that there are barriers that are separating you? or perhaps your friend, your family, your neighbors from Jesus. There are barriers. For instance, prior to Dave and I coming to Connection in 2004, we were both unchurched. That just means we hadn't grown up in, in a church before. You know, we hadn't even read the Bible before. David had actually been a part of a different religion called Judaism and I was taught growing up that we were atheists, and that people who believed in God were weak. So one of the biggest barriers between us and Jesus at that time in our life was actually our worldview. Our worldview was a really big barrier, just as the crowd wouldn't oomph in wide enough to let the man through. Our worldview was not going to oomph in wide enough to let Jesus in. So one of the questions I began thinking about is how many times do we allow barriers that we encounter in life to get between us and Jesus? How many times do we allow those barriers to get in the way of our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, people who need healing, to get before Jesus? How many of us become paralyzed, unable to move, when we're confronted by barriers in our path. When we allow the barriers in our path to stop us from doing God's will, that's exactly what happens. In a sense, we become paralyzed. Now, I'm thankful for my stepmom who didn't allow the obstacles that she encountered and confronted to stop from getting Dave and I right in front of Jesus. She, like the men in the story, she got outrageously creative on how she was going to do this. She did. <laughs> Very creative. So the first barrier she had to break through was convincing my dad, who was not a believer at the time, he is now, at the time he was not, he had, she had to convince him that first we even needed church. So she, she broke through that barrier. She thought church people have good morals and, you know, values. So she just, she really sold that one. (laughs) Now, she knew that she wasn't going to get, she couldn't get like an unchurched girl and a Jewish boy into just any church, right? (laughs) That was not going to work. She knew that. She was smart. She had faith, right? So the plan, here's their plan. They are going to visit churches within a 30 mile of our house. Can you imagine? And they did. They visited a lot of churches. (laughs) Now, they picked connection. And one of the reasons why they picked connection is that connection had already removed a lot of the churchy barriers that might get in the way of an unchurched girl and a Jewish boy. Now, then her next barrier was, okay, they picked the church. Now they got to get us here, right? At least one time. So that's another barrier. So we had a birthday party at my house and she came over and she gave this really, really big invitation, like so big. She's like, oh my gosh, you have to come check out the church that we're attending in Middletown, right? And the way that she did it, I was like, oh my gosh. I felt so obligated. (laughs) So I told Dave, we have to go one time. One time, well, you know that, One time turned into two to I don't even know how many. So she was very successful in breaking through those barriers. So back to our story in Luke. The men were also successful. They got the paralyzed man lowered right in front of Jesus. Incredible, huh? And here's what happened next. When Jesus saw their faith, He said, friends, friend, your sins are forgiven. So, wow, two things right away. First, Jesus saw their faith because it was their faith that got them to that moment in time. Without faith, they wouldn't have gotten the paralyzed man in front of Jesus. Without faith... They would have stopped when confronted by the first barrier, and they certainly wouldn't have broken through the roof without faith. They had what I call breakthrough faith. Now, that kind of faith, breakthrough faith, is really powerful. So never, ever underestimate the power of your faith, because I believe each one of us, when we believe and receive, we have that same breakthrough faith. Now, the second thing to notice, which I think is so awesome, so after all that, right, they go to all this effort to break through the barriers and get the man right in front of Jesus. They are so anticipating, what, Jesus to heal the man, right? And instead, Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Something they weren't expecting Jesus to say The men, by faith, they brought their paralytic friend there to be healed because they knew Jesus had the power to heal the sick. And then instead of him healing his paralysis, he says, your sins are forgiven. Why is that? Well, we believe, we believe that Jesus forgiving the man's sins was actually the greater healing. When Jesus forgave his sins, the barrier that was created back in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve first sinned, the sin barrier, the sin barrier that separates humanity from having a direct relationship with God, that was restored for that man that day. When that barrier is removed from someone's life, everything, everything changes. Our spiritual connection to God is restored. We're now allowed to have direct, direct access to God by Jesus in faith and receive forgiveness for our own sins. We become healed from the deadly effects of sin. The sin barrier, this sin barrier, is one of the most biggest, one of the most powerful bar- barriers that we will ever face. So if you've received Jesus into your life, that barrier has already been broken for you. That barrier, it keeps us from being the people that God created us to be, people who can make a real and eternal difference in the world and in God's kingdom. So when Jesus saw his faith, he gave the man the greater healing by forgiving his sins. Now, I am so thankful, so thankful that my stepmom got Dave and I in front of Jesus. Six weeks after attending Connection for the first time from that one time, I gave my heart to the Lord, and six months later, Dave did. We invited Jesus into our hearts, and we received the same healing that that paralytic man received. We were healed from the deadly effects of sin that were keeping us from being the people of God that God wanted us to be. Because me being up here, that was not going to happen. Dave singing up there, that was not going to (laughs) happen. Okay, so back to our story with the paralytic. After Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, we find out next that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God Alone. So blasphemy. Blasphemy is essentially speaking carelessly about God or claiming to have authority to do things that only God can do. So the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they're there to scrutinize Jesus, and boy, oh boy, he just said a big, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he said that. You know, their insides started to churn, and they were like, just... Mortify They're like, who does this fellow think he is? How dare he claim for himself the authority to forgive sins that only God has the right to do? Well, Jesus, he knew what they were thinking, and he asked, why are you thinking these things in your heart? Why are you thinking these things in your heart? Which is easier He says to them to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. Wow. Well, Jesus knows that talk can be cheap. And he says to the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, he says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on, and went home praising God. And say the rest of it with me. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Wow. So Jesus, he finally gives the man the healing that everybody's been anticipating since they saw the paralyzed man being lowered from the roof. And when he does that, Jesus is essentially affirming that by healing that man, he does have God-given authority to forgive sins. He's also saying that all the rumors that you have heard about me, all the rumors about me being Messiah, Savior, son of God, they're all true. We're told that everyone, everyone, even the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, that day, everyone was amazed. They were amazed by Jesus' God-given authority to both forgive and heal. Forgive and heal. So amazed, they became filled with awe. They became awestruck. They gave praise to God. They were celebrating and praising for all the things they'd seen with their eyes and all the things they heard. So as we close today, we have a few practical takeaways for you. The first one is to ask God to help you notice. Notice when you or others become paralyzed. Again, we might not be physically paralyzed like the man in the story, but we can all become paralyzed from time to time. By that, I mean like we're unable to move. We become frozen. We can't break through the barriers. Whenever we become paralyzed, there's most likely a barrier between us and Jesus. So begin to notice when you or the people in your life have become paralyzed. The second thing is to identify. Ask yourself and God to help you identify what are the paralyzing barriers between you and the people in your life and Jesus. They could be both, again, physical or non-physical. Many of the barriers we actually experience in life occur in our thought life, like they're not even physical barriers. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? For instance... Self-centered fear can be a barrier. Self-centered fear is fear that we might lose something we have or that we will not get something we deserve. Fear can be very paralyzing. How about the paralyzing effects of failure? Have you ever allowed failure to stop you from the past? Failure. What about doubt or confusion? There's also a lot of self-imposed barriers that we come to believe things like I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not smart enough. I can't. I can't. It's too hard. I don't have time. I'm too busy. The point is, is if you feel like there's something between you and the people in your life from becoming all that God created them and you to be, take time to identify what the barriers are. What are the barriers? And the third thing, have faith. Have faith. After you identified the barrier, ask God to help you muster up some of that breakthrough faith that those men had who got the paralytic to Jesus. Believe and receive that in your heart. Now here's the thing. There are real people in your life, in my life, real people in our lives who cannot come to Jesus without us, helping them break through these barriers. You know, last night I was given at least one person that I need to, like, work on right away, and I'm calling that person right after I leave here. It's already in a calendar on my appointment at 1.30 today. So, make a list. Who are the people in your life? Ask God for some outrageously creative ideas to help you break through the barriers that stand between you or the people in your life and Jesus. Don't forget, don't forget how creative the paralytic's friends were. Don't forget how creative my stepmom was to break through the barriers. You have. Jesus in your hearts. When we have Jesus in their hearts, we have the power to break through those barriers. The last thing, the fourth thing, remember and know, God already did the hard work. He got outrageously creative, and he broke through the most powerful barrier we will ever face, and that's the sin barrier that separated us from him. God loves you so much, and the people in your lives that he sent Jesus into the world so that he could live and die and break that barrier so that we could become free from the paralyzing effects of sin, the paralyzing and deadly effects of sin. There is no barrier too great that God cannot help you break through. So let's be amazed by Jesus' authority, his authority to forgive the greater healing and also to heal. So this is the good news connection. It is the good news. Let's live it. Let's believe it. Let's pray. Gracious God, wow. We thank you for today, Lord. Lord, I thank you for every person here, and right now I ask that you just meet us where we are. You know the barriers that are in our life. You know the barriers that are in the people's lives around us that we love and know. Help us, Lord, get outrageously creative so that we can help by the power of your Spirit living within us, help remove the barriers that are keeping real people, real people away from you. So we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church, please visit our website at connectioncc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash connectioncc. You can also contact our church office at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.